make sure to check us out on Letterboxd for written reviews. For films that we've done not only on the podcast, but outside of the podcast too. Links in the description below. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Rewatch Podcast. My name is Jaden. And my name is Samuel. And this is a podcast where we talk extensively about a certain film and then we decide whether it deserves a rewatch from you. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts or any other place that you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoy the show, please leave a like on the YouTube video or share it. If you'd like to reach a show, you can leave a comment on the YouTube video or send us an email at the one rewatch podcast at gmail.com. Jaden, what movie are we going to be talking about today? Well, Sam, today we are going to be talking about, uh, I want to say it's from 2019 and it's um, Ari Aster's Midsummer. Um, it's starring Florence Pugh. It's also got Jack Rayner in it, mm-hmm. um, who I believe is Irish, so he brings off a pretty good American accent. Mm-hmm. Um in fact, Florence Pugh's also British, so I think all of the accents are pretty good in this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, so obviously, as usual, we'll start off with a spoiler-free review, Yeah. and then um, we'll give you a warning when we enter the spoiler territory mm. in case you haven't seen this. And important to note, we watched the director's cut, right? Yes. So this is the two-hour, 50-minute version of the movie. Mm-hmm. And the normal theatrical cut is around two hours, 20... 20 minutes. 20, 20 yeah. minutes. So an extra sort of half an hour of extra footage, which is quite a lot. You know? It's a lot. It's um, yeah. sort of like comparison can be made to something like Batman v Superman with the two-and-a-half-hour and then a three-hour. Yep. So it's going to be interesting to sort of discuss like how you think the director's cut differs from the normal one because I know you've seen both. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I've sort of, this is the first time I watched it. So watching the director's cut for the first time, mm-hmm. you know, perhaps when we get to talking about things like the pacing, yep. I might have a unique perspective because I've only seen the longer version. I've seen the longer one. So yeah. it, it will be interesting chat, but yeah. Um, so we'll stay spoiler free for now. We also want to say that obviously this movie is a hard R18 in Australia. Yep. Um, and so that means that it's sort of the most gruesome movie it can, it can be. Yeah. There's nothing really beyond the R rating. Mm-hmm. So we're just prefacing this review is essentially what we're doing. Yeah, we'll probably get into... We're not going to, you know, scar the viewers yeah. like the movie will. Yeah. But we're going to discuss sort of, you know, the more... Gruesome yeah, things. Yeah, and, and horrifying stuff. things because at the end of the movie... At the end of the day, this movie isn't a very pleasant... No, what at all. Yeah. Um, certain aspects of it are actually quite horrifying. So, and I think it's important that we discuss that because that's a major component of the film. Yep. And perhaps you know the only real standard out of the actual film. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's sort of the thing that differentiates it from everything else. Everything else, yeah. So yeah, it'll be an interesting discussion. If you haven't seen the film, you can stay with us for a bit because we'll um do some spoiler-free discussions. Mm-hmm. And so we'll start off with. Um, a bit of a plot synopsis for the viewers at home. So, 
Several friends travel to Sweden to study as anthropologists, a summer festival that is held every 90 years. 90 years? 90 years, yeah. Right, okay, in the remote hometown of one of them. What begins as a dream vacation in a place where the sun never sets gradually turns into a dark nightmare as the mysterious inhabitants invite them to participate in their disturbing festive activities. It's sitting at a 3.8 on Letterbox. Mm-hmm. How do you view that? Do you think that's a fair rating? Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd consider that a fairly appropriate rating for this film. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't going to be um, a lot of people's type of film, and I can see them sort of bringing down that average rating a bit just because they didn't enjoy it whatsoever. Right. But in a certain way, you also have to look past that and appreciate this film for you know, it, it, it's um, artistic qualities and how well made and how well mm-hmm. it is put together as a film. For sure. Um, even if you didn't really like the story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I think I think it was critically well acclaimed, you'd say. That. Yeah, I think it's pretty usual with the A24 films. Yeah, people yeah. love to, you know, have their sort of A24 film of the year sort of thing. And yep. they're always um, very popular among like film nerds. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're a film nerd, and, and by that I mean you just enjoy, um, you know, experiencing good cinematography. Or, really analyzing films for yeah. what makes them, yeah. I, I think you'll probably enjoy this more than most, mm-hmm. right? Um, but. It's it's it is got a few awards. Um, I'm just checking. It hasn't gotten anything at the uh, the old Oscars. Um, but then again, you know what does that mean? Um, yeah, not not a lot. But um, so would you recommend this film to someone who hasn't seen it? And what sort of person's going to enjoy this film? Because there is a certain person that's going to enjoy. Yeah. It. Um, this is probably the hardest recommendation we're ever going to do. For sure. Um, if you're not into horror films, don't watch this. If you're not into disturbing themes and gruesome violence, don't watch this. Um, but, you know, if, if you're like us and you absolutely like getting horrified and disturbed and just love those types of films, I think you're going to enjoy this a lot. Mm. Um and yeah, this film has a lot of great qualities going for it in terms of you know cinematography, like we mentioned. It's also got really good performances in it. Um, I probably wouldn't watch that film just for those things um, because the story is really going to put you away from this. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it, it, it's sort of a horror film, but it's not. It's it's yeah. disturbing in a way some horror movies are, but then. It doesn't have, you know, sort of like the jump scare quality that a lot of horror films do have. You know, think of like the Conjuring franchise. Yeah. It's, it's very, different, it's to, very different to those movies. Yeah. So if you're a horror fan, while I think you'll probably enjoy this film mm-hmm. for just the themes of it and sort of the disturbing nature of it. Yep. You're going to expect something different. Mm. It's going to be not what you expect going into the film it's not a classic horror film no it's it's trying to do something a bit different so yeah it's very hard to recommend this to really anyone because you don't you really have to have a specific taste it's a niche right it's such a unique movie that you can't really categorize it into a certain category yeah um and it makes you wonder whether this is really a horror film because i think 
horror stems from the the term horrific and this film if anything is horrific so yeah it's a horror film it's just so unique from anything else and i think the horror market has been so saturated by jump scares and you know scary music that it you know films like this don't even feel like horror films anymore yeah that's a Um, fair point yeah yeah so i don't know it depends on your taste what you like Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean it's really hard to recommend it to anyone really because if you recommend it to a certain person they go and watch it they might you know they might turn it off after half an hour not because it's horrifying at that mm-hmm. stage but just because they just don't enjoy they don't don't they don't feel the horror vibes like yeah. they do in yeah. other films yeah. so yeah i mean if you if you like maybe psychological thrillers maybe, maybe. perhaps yeah. yeah because i'd compare this more to a psychological thriller like something like 7 yeah i think it's closer to something like 7 than oh you than you're definitely right than the conjuring you're right? definitely right yeah right. So it's just got different priorities in sort of the way it goes about its, mm-hmm. its sort of thing. So you've seen this film twice. You've seen the theatrical version and you've now seen the director's cut. Mm-hmm. So would you say this film, so the director's cut, yep. is that worth rewatch? And And give us a bit of backstory on what do you think is the better version? Yeah, okay. Um, so... I think it was pretty interesting um, watching both of them and starting with the theatrical and then moving on to the directors. Um, personally, I think you could probably watch the direct uh, the theatrical cut and you'd be like, fine, you'd just get everything and you'd be good. Um, the director's cut dives a lot more into providing backstories and it's got like a few more, um, you know, cut scenes in it, like... Um, that don't really add much to the plot. Um, you've got like a whole nother cult sort of one in there, which I brought up, mm-hmm. which probably could have just been taken out and you'd be fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think the, the runtime kind of is, is really lengthy on the director's cut. Um, and I much prefer the two hour, 20 minute um, runtime because it's easier to sit through. And even then two, two hours and 20 minutes is still quite some time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I probably prefer the, the theatrical cut. Um, yeah, the director's cut just... It, it seemed a bit unnecessary to have that much runtime. Yeah, that's interesting because yeah. a lot of the times, you know, we see these director's cuts end up saving the movie. Yeah, right? I was going to bring that up, yeah. Yeah, like sometimes... I think BBS is the prime example because 100%. the two-and-a-half-hour version of the movie was just not good. Mm-hmm. And then the ultimate edition, the three-hour version, in my opinion, is very controversial, but in my opinion, it's really good. Yeah. And that's because when they cut out the scenes, they had to re... They had to, like like retrain the narrative you know they had Mm -hmm. to mash it up and do it in a different way and rush things there are vital components they cut out Mm -hmm. so do you think in this film with the director's cut they the extra scenes aren't vital you know they're sort of just there exactly if if you want them but they're not integral to the actual story exactly yeah that's what i was going to say um bvs what the ultimate edition did is um, while it added new scenes to add to the narrative, it also edited it different. So you've got like, um, I think there's like different lighting going on. There's different um, color grading and stuff going on. 
Um, in Midsummer, none of that's changed. It's just like additional scenes just chucked in there, right. and the the story is still the same all the way through. It's not spliced together differently. Mm. Um, yeah, so the director's cut just has like a few additional scenes every now and then that obviously have been chopped out for the yeah. theatrical edition to make it um, easier to consume, essentially. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting because, yeah, it's not often that the theatrical version is the superior version of the film because usually yeah. as people who enjoy seeing artists do what they do, you know, seeing we want directors to have creative freedom. Yeah. We don't want you know, the the producers like the studio heads who haven't directed a film before or yeah. don't have an artistic background to tell them what to do. Yeah. You want to see the artists do what they do. And so usually, and in most cases, I'd probably say 95% of cases, the artist left to their own devices is going to do a better movie than what the studio heads tell them to do. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, but in this instance... It, it begs the question: Why was their director's cut released? Yeah, I, I, I honestly have no idea. Um, it might just be because Ariasta wanted some additional scenes that yeah. he thought, "Hey, I really like those scenes. Why did you cut them out?" Um, but they're not vital whatsoever. It might be that A twenty four sort of community, you know, that film, yeah. that hardcore film nerd yeah. that probably really, really enjoy this film. It's probably a bit of a cult classic for them. Mm-hmm. And so they just want everything. And they probably saw the... Because the deleted scenes were... Did you get to see the deleted scenes in the previous movie? So, like, uh, on, when you watch the theatrical version, did yeah. you go to, like, the special features to check no. out the deleted scenes or...? No, I just no. watched them on YouTube. Right, yeah. okay. Um, it, it's interesting, though, because I'm, I'm wondering now whether Hereditary had a director's cut because Hereditary is so. Hereditary's also an age 24 film. By the so, same director. As by well. the same director. So, yeah, I I don't know whether it was... I, I can't imagine it's studio interference. I think he had quite a vast range of, you know, yeah. action going on here that he was able to move around and do whatever he wanted. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's more of like probably director indulgence, really. Yeah. Instead of trying to save the movie, he's probably just tried to make a good movie better, but... yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, it, it, it's very interesting because a lot of the times you see these movies killed in the editing room mm-hmm. and this this movie got out okay, but then they still did the director's cut. Yep. You know? But I'm always going to be open to checking out the director's cut because we want to see what the director wants us the to director, see. The director, yeah. Um, and I don't know if you've heard, but recently Rocky Four, mm-hmm. Sylvester Stallone's just announced that he's doing a director's cut of that movie. Really? And that movie came ages ago. So I think that's really interesting. And I like this movement of directors being able to do... Did he direct that? Um, yeah, I think so. He directed the first Rocky, and then I yeah. think he had a break. But yeah, maybe... He I might think have he might have come back, back for the fourth. Because yeah. um, And then you know, obviously there was some sort of interference because mm. now you can really tell with the director sometimes when they're wanting the director's cut, you know, think of like David Ayer, the Suicide Squad director. Mm-hmm. Not the Suicide Squad director. Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad director. Yeah. Um, obviously the movie that was released was not his movie mm. but he is fighting for that cut yeah, yeah. because he knows that it's better than what was released but in this instance I feel like Arias has just gone I had a good movie I love it so much I want you to see everything yeah but do we need to see it yeah I think I think you know creating I think the whole proposition of a director's cut is to um, enlighten the viewers with what the original 
image was, the original um, vision. perspective, vision. Um, and yeah, this doesn't really do anything of that mm. nature. It's more of just a, hey, I want to chuck in these additional scenes and make something that's... Just for fun, really. Just for fun, yeah. yeah. Mm. All right, so let's go to some... We'll stay spoiler-free for now. Uh, acting, performances, uh, who do you like in this movie? Um, Florence Pugh, man. I, I'm obsessed with her in Fair terms enough. of all perspectives. Yeah. I think she's a fantastic actor, actress. Um, yeah, I, I think she's phenomenal in this. Um, it, 2019, I can't really think of many other films released that year, but it, it has to be one of the top performances from that year for me. Um, I think she is so raw in this film. Her emotions like are really hard-hitting, and they feel realistic. Um, a lot of films don't really capture emotion in the way that this film does. Um, yeah, so I think she's phenomenal. Um, I think Jack Rayner, or not quite sure he pronounced that because it is an Irish name. Um, I think he was also really, really good in this film as well as, as a supporting Christian. As Christian, yeah, as yeah. a supporting cast. Um, he has quite a significant role, um, but I think uh, he also deals with emotion really good in this film. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of trippy scenes that that you know needs like a really good range yeah. of performance. You just need to be. You know, it's hard to do that. You, you get stories like sometimes the actors, if they're doing a drunk scene, sometimes they will just get drunk. Mm-hmm. But I don't imagine they'd be able to take narcotics on set. So you'd have to just that, that level of acting is just sort of next level, really. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, one thing to put on a sad face. Yeah. But it's another thing to sort of make your body twitch and, yeah. you know, sort of yeah. move like you're not really in the real world even though you clearly are and because they're concentrating so hard on their performance so mm. yeah it's yeah. it's quite interesting but i'm just looking at the 2020 oscars here so for the previous year of 2019 yep, yep. and obviously that was the year of joker and so we had you know parasite and, and all of that uh, yep, yep. um but yeah in terms of best supporting actress we had um laura dern for marriage story yep um for supporting actress and best actress, we had Renee Zellweger for Judy. Um, I haven't heard of her or that movie, so mm-hmm. maybe it's good, maybe it's not. But um, Florence Pugh didn't even get a nomination, so yeah. I think she deserved one. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, I think this film probably wouldn't stand without her. Um, it, this film, uh, it, it's very simple in a way. Um, and if you take you know, Florence Pugh's sort of charm out of it, it's just kind of boring. Um, and it's the same with all of the cast members. Um, I think Will Poulter was also really good as um, Mark. Yeah, really um, funny. He's, he's kind of conned as, like, the jester because he's always the joke and that's why he wears, yeah. like, the, the jester hat. Oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, he's, like, the comedic relief of the film. Yeah. Um, but, uh, again, I kind of find myself questioning, you know... It, is comedy really appropriate in this film? Um, because I'm not really sure how it would feel without it. Like, if you take the comedy out of this film, yeah. it's just going to be, like, really, really, like, hard-hitting and, and dark and miserable. Yeah. So I think you need a bit of those comedic themes, and I think Will Poulter does a really good job of doing that. Mm. Yeah, I really, really like the costume design in this film. Mm-hmm. And the reason I bring that up is because... It did not win Best Cost. It wasn't even nominated. Oh. But you know what did win? Another Florence Pugh movie, Little Women. Little Women, yeah. So, um, 
the costumes are good in that. Yeah, the costumes are pretty good in that. Um, I don't know which one I like more, though. Uh, this has some pretty incredible costumes. Yeah. And if you can count, like... Maybe we'll talk about that in sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll get into that later we'll, on. We'll take it. Okay, let's go to um, visuals then. Um, what did you think of the visuals and the cinematography oh. and everything like that? Beautiful, man. Um, I'm not exactly quite sure who did the cinematography on this film, um, but yeah, the, the way that it's just put together is just absolutely stunning. And I think another thing that makes this film really good is the fact that it was filmed on set. It's all practical. Um from what I know, there's no um, green screen or special effects in this. Well, from what I'm reading, I'm just on Letterbox looking at um, sort of the director, that sort of the crew area. Yep. And there's like 10 visual effects artists who are like quite highly credited. So uh-huh. usually it would go like your director, you have your writer. Yep. This has gone your director, then your costume designer, then your visual effects. So obviously there was some form of visual effects, whether that would be, you know, um, sort of the more mystical aspects with the obviously with the Facing, tripping and yeah, yep. all of all of that. So perhaps some visual effects came in there, but uh, I didn't notice any sort of visual effects. No, no. You know, one stage I asked you, I was like, "Do you think that's a green screen?" But it's all real, right? From what I've heard, yeah, yeah they they essentially. I'm I'm not quite sure whether whether it was Sweden or it was some. Um, some Scandinavian country, but they, they went on site, they, they made all of the buildings and they shot it, yep. which is why it looks so good, man. Um, I think uh, it's a bit of a weird aspect ratio and we've been talking about that. Mm. Um, but it, it, it kind of does justice in the film in a way because those wide shots, um, when you see everything, just looks so good, man. Yep. And um, another thing that I want to touch on real quick is the colour grading and the colour palette. Come on, man! It, Beautiful. It's, it's so good, and when you see, um, again, I'm trying not to indulge in spoilers mm. here, but um, you know, certain costumes, vibrant. the colors, yeah. they're so vibrant, um, and it's just really pleasant to look at. Mm. And um, here's a bit of an interesting fact. So the cinematographer, oh, I was looking at that as well. Pavel Pogorzelski. Yeah, I'm did glad. Nobody. I'm glad you brought that name up because I didn't want to have a go at it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he did Nobody, and and that was a pretty nice looking movie. That's weird. Yeah. And he's also obviously done Hereditary as well, which I'm sure we're going to check out now that we've seen this. Yep. Um, but yeah, so Nobody was really well shot. It was. Yeah, movie. very nice, stylish yeah. movie. One of the more stylish movies of the year, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that sort of wraps up our sort of discussion on the visuals. What did you think of the sound? Oh, again, the soundtrack. Uh, it's phenomenal. Um, and uh, a, a lot of films these days, you don't really see the, the soundtrack and the visuals kind of connected. Mm-hmm. They're very um, separate and they don't really complement one another. Um, the sound just kind of gets lost in the visuals and you, you kind of forget that the sound's there. It just complements it so well. Um, I think the soundtrack is absolutely phenomenal in this. Um, the, the person who did it I don't have his name up right now um, I think it, it was an incredible project that he put together um, Bobby Krillick Krillick yeah well that, that's your easy pronunciation yeah. while I'm stuck with that yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I think the, the soundtrack is phenomenal it, it's kind of um, reminiscent of the, the, the Shining for me in okay. a way Interesting. Um, where it's got like those low sort of soaring um uh, orchestral sort of nice, yeah. Yeah, things um, 
the soundtrack's really good for this, and I think it has a um, quite a high chance to stand as a nomination for um, best um, soundtrack on our rewatch awards. Awards, interesting. Yeah. yeah, cool. All right. Well, yeah, I think I think the sound was really good as well. We were talking about on the last episode with the Nighthouse, just how important sound is for horror movies or sort of scary movies, movies yep. that are trying to make you feel depressed, miserable, all that. And I think this movie did really well at that, um, especially towards the start. Mm-hmm. I felt that the music was really, really strong, really set the mood, set the tone. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that was really good. I enjoyed the music. It's not something I'm going to be listening to in the car. Yep. Um, and, you know, I've got a Nighthouse song on my mm-hmm. favourite movie song playlist that I, that I would listen to in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe there are a few hidden gems in there that I just need to check out and then well, I'll appreciate later on. Well, I think it's more so the fact that if you take the music away from the, the visuals, it's going to come down a bit because you're not experiencing what's happening on screen at the same time you're hearing the sounds. Yeah, but then I can still listen to a Hans Zimmer song and have a great time Essentially. just driving along. Yeah, because it's yeah. it's amazing. and Yeah. yeah. I get I get what you're saying, yeah. But I will check it out, though, because I think there are, there are probably a few songs towards the beginning and probably towards the end mm-hmm. that really stand out and are probably worth a listen um, yep. in the car or on a nice-sounding speaker or something like that. So, yeah. But, yeah, I, I agree. It does pair nicely with the visuals, and it's sort of like if you don't have one, you're missing a bit of experience. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. It's like if you cut the soundtrack on Joker. It's a worse movie. Yeah, yeah. Considerably. That's a good way to put it, actually. Yeah. Joker is very similar in terms of sound design to this film. Um, it, it doesn't have many, you know... Uh, it doesn't have any lyrics, from what I remember. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of original songs. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, It's just very orchestral mm. and complements the, the on-screen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's good. All right, so we'll leave our spoiler-free discussion there for now. If you have not seen the movie, I guess we encourage you to. It depends yeah. who you are. Look, we, we, we said who we're targeting before. Yeah. If you fall into that sort of range and you like to be absolutely disturbed, go see the film. If you, I'll say this. If you want to see something like you've never seen before, mm-hmm. check it out. Yeah. But which version should they check out? The theatrical? Theatrical. Theatrical version. Check out the theatrical cut. Save yourself half an hour. Yeah, mm. fair enough. Okay, so let's get into some spoilery discussion then. Um, where do you want to lead us off? Do you have... Um... Um, I've got just like a few little things I wrote down. They're more yeah. like... Um, not cameos. They're more like, like Easter, eggs Easter eggs sort of things yeah. that I think you'll kind right. of enjoy. So... Um, we, we start off on the film, um, obviously, with the whole death sequence. And um, obviously, there's been um, there's been a family suicide via um, car fumes. Mm. I think there's another name to term it as, but I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Um, yeah, that's a really intense scene. Um, and I think the music, like you said there, is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm kind of just giving yeah. a bit of an intro here. There's not really any... You yeah, know, that's okay. Here. I'll go off that. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed that scene. Um, very dark, like, visually, and then very dark, like, in terms of the material that we're sort of dealing with. Mm-hmm. I loved the bodies, like, how they were positioned. Yep. And, and this is what I'm saying. Like, if you're... If you like G films, stop listening. We're going to be be discussing some some graphic things. But I just love how 
everything was positioned, mm-hmm. how it was all shot in the camera. Yep. It, it was all sort of slow mo. Really well constructed. Yeah, there was some good dramatic slow mo with with like um, maybe it was like the fire rescue, like, it was like the fireman. Yeah, and the fire sort of you can see the lighting. I reckon the lighting. Was yeah, really the cool. lighting was cool. Yeah, and I loved particularly we go from a shot in the parents' room, mm-hmm. and then it sort of slowly comes out the hallway. Yep. And then we sort of follow the pipe along to the yep. end of the hallway to see um, Florence Pugh's sister. Yep. Who who has the the pipe directly into her yeah. face which is a very it's horrific man yeah it's yeah. a very startling sort of image especially yeah. to start the movie off with yeah but to be honest i think that was one of the strongest scenes in the movie for me mm-hmm. i just really liked that setup and i thought oh this is going to be interesting yep. what happened here um let's get a bit of exploration of this mm-hmm. but then it sort of became an afterth- afterthought for the rest of the movie yeah but regardless staying on the cinematography I will touch on the fact that there are a lot of long shots in this movie. Yes, I was hoping you would. And I love it. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll preface this with saying I don't like movies that are shot in one shot. Mm-hmm. 1917 yep. and Birdman yep. are two movies I've seen that are in one shot. I think that's just a bit cringe. Mm-hmm. Like, It's a cool idea. It's cool. In, in it's, it's not practical. Incredible achievement by mm-hmm. the cinematographers. Yeah. But I... When you're not cutting, I'm just constantly reminded that it's a movie because mm-hmm. I know I'm thinking, okay, the camera's gone behind a tree there. Okay, that's the hidden cut. Now yeah. we're at a new scene. You and it's like, it, it takes yeah. me out of it every single time. You know, yeah. camera moves towards a rock. I'm like, oh, here we go. Into the rock, cut. outside yeah. of the rock, into yeah. the tree, outside of the tree. Um, so, yeah, but, but in this, I love a nice wide shot that just lingers for a lot longer than it's supposed to. Think yeah. of Danny V films. Yeah. And there are a lot of times where they just capture everything in one go and it's fantastic and it doesn't need to be cut, 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 cut. Yeah. It's just beautiful. I and mean, what did you think about it? Oh, yeah, I, I absolutely love these long sort of strung out shots. It's very similar to um, Ridley Scott as well. He does it a lot in Blade Runner, mm. um, where he just like lingers on a shot for like yeah. more than he should be yeah, doing. Probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but I think they're, they're really well executed in this film and they sort of add to the, the whole dramatic effect. Yeah. And I think it definitely... A lot of people are well executed in this film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of executions, isn't there? Um, I think you're definitely right for saying that this sort of thematic that they first opened up with the whole family suicide was probably one of the more interesting parts of it because it's a big change in pace from when we go to like this dark and gloomy, snowy sort of area and boom, you're in wonderful, bright Sweden. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's, it's like, it's, oh, no, is this the same movie? Yeah. It's, I feel it's like Hereditary true. is going to be that scene. I yep. feel like that's... Yeah. Because from the trailers I've seen, very dark. Mm-hmm grim sort of like that gray color palette yeah yeah so yeah perhaps that's what's going to be that like. might be more along your sort of lines yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah um i just i just liked how unique and unorthodox this film was because mm-hmm. you don't see a lot of films that sort of play with this suicide theme and then sort of string it along it's it's very yeah. disconnected like mm-hmm. they don't utilize it a lot but it, it's there and here for, for mm-hmm. like a few kind of parts and I'm yet to understand where it really comes into effect um, in terms of the whole theme. But 
the the first opening scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but they've they've decided to utilize it, so it's there. It's just why does it have to be there? Yeah, sort of just a tone set, I guess, from telling you that yeah. this is going to be a bit disturbing get ready for it but uh, yeah i don't know i feel like you could also just start the movie when they're going to sweden mm-hmm. and not a lot would have been different mm-hmm. because well, did you get what i mean there? yeah well kind of because i feel like um florence Pugh's character is kind of struggling from this yeah um, that's true from you know her family just passing away and that's that's why she um is in this toxic relationship with Christian. That's mm-hmm. why Christian doesn't want to be with her. So that sets up the whole um, ending sequence where, you know, she's kind of happy that she's now mm-hmm. killed off the boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I feel like it, it's definitely there. It just could have been executed a lot better um, and probably mentioned a lot more than it was because it pops up three times, essentially. Yeah. You know, you've got the first sequence, you've got a, a, a sequence where they appear in a crowd and then you've got a sequence. Uh, actually, that's the final sequence. So you've got a first sequence. You've got a sequence where they're sort of showing on a rock. Um, right. Like, just like a sort of real quick shot. Yeah, yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. Um, you've also got that shed sequence as well. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was yeah. thinking. The bathroom one was the first one. The bathroom was the first. Where she goes in, closes the door, dark, boom, yeah. it's, she's behind her. Yeah. And then you've got the, the ritual where they um, fall off the rock and mm. like quickly it flashes. Yeah. And then you've got the final sequence where you see her family members in the crowd. And also, um, it's kind of an Easter egg. In the bushes in the background, you can actually see the faces of her family. They're they're there somewhere, but if you didn't look for them, you wouldn't have picked up on it. I was trying to find that sort of stuff. I was always looking in the background because I think this comes in a bit with Hereditary probably more than this movie, Mm -hmm. but... Apparently, in that movie, if you look into the background, you're going to be rewarded for it. There's oh, sort yeah. of like always some sus stuff going on in the yeah, background. Sus. <laughs> yeah, good word. And, and whereas with this film, I feel like the sus stuff was the most obvious stuff. Yeah, it was the main character of Pele. Was mm-hmm. that his name? Pele. Yeah. Yeah. So the Sweden guy. Who's he was always kind of off-putting, right? Yeah. <laughs> from I said the from start, the start. You, yeah. I was from the start. I'm like, this guy's this guy's sus, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I hate to use that term, I know it's a meme, but that's the only sort of way he was a very suspicious person. Yeah. And he just didn't sit right with me the entire time. And I guess that sort of has its payoff at the very end when you realize what he's sort of, what he's done. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, let's start off with that student dynamic, that group mm-hmm. dynamic. Mm-hmm. What did you think of sort of those characters? Because I feel like this movie sort of, it lent heavily on that body dynamic yep. between those those students yep. and the drama in between the two of like between the two and then Christian four. and Josh yeah um, I think uh, Josh is a very unnecessary character here um, he he can kind of be taken out of this film and not much would happen um, you know they could just literally say hey we need an eight for the sacrifice mm-hmm. Josh you cut <laughs> yeah, and, and we're good um, and, and maybe that will assist the runtime as well because you'll shave off a few minutes there mm. and maybe it could just be um, Christian wanting to do his thesis on the, you know yeah. Midsummer Festival yeah. I think that's a lot more clear and it's a lot more um, less convoluted in, yeah. in a way I, I wasn't really invested in, in that thesis sort of thing Yeah, one of them one is doing their thesis that's why they're going mm-hmm. that makes sense and then Christian, who who 
from on the face yep. seems like a pretty a, a lazy sort of student, you know, mm-hmm. and the type of guy who probably get done for plagiarism. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's he just sort, sort of leeches. I think that's one of the terms. It was like you just leech off the back of me or something. Exactly. Yeah. That that's what I feel like he, he as a character was capable of. Mm-hmm. And so then he sort of realizes, oh, I this is interesting. Maybe I'll do my thesis on this. And then they sort of have a discussion about that. And yeah. Drama plays out there, and I'm just not interested in that. You yeah. Know, it yeah. Just, I I was expecting to go in and have Florence Pugh give a really good performance, which she did, mm-hmm. and, but then constantly have her in situations where she'd be terrified of, uh, and and the audience would be terrified, and yeah. But then then we have this inter-student yeah dynamic drama I know, conflict. I know where you're coming from. It, yeah. It's a bit strange. And honestly, I thought it was more effective in the theatrical cut, right. mainly because um, you've got less of the the cult scenes. Right. So there's a better balance of um, thesis and mm. you know horrific deaths. Interesting. So it, it yeah. kind of weighs it better. Um, but maybe that's just me, you know, coming back for the second time, picking up that maybe. hey, this yeah. thesis subplot wasn't all that good. Mm. Um, either way, it could have been done a lot better or just completely cut from the film. Um, yeah, I would be interested to check out the theatrical cut. I might still do that sometime yeah. if it's ever on a streaming service. I will check it out because mm-hmm. I think that'll be interesting. It's always interesting to watch one and then the other. Mm-hmm. Usually, you don't do it in the order that I've done it now, with the yep. director's cut first and then the the uh, theatrical cut. Yeah, but I'm sure it'll be interesting, and maybe it changes the whole pacing of it because I think the main issue that I sort of had with this film is that a lot of the times I was just like. I didn't want to say it with with us watching it. Yep. But I feel like a lot of times it was I just wanted to say to the movie, move on, like yeah, get yeah. a move on. And maybe that's how you feel when you watch something like Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Just mm-hmm. get a move on. Yeah. And honestly, I I can see see yeah. why in both cases. Yeah. You know, you're exactly right. This film definitely lingers on a, mo- a lot more than it should. Um, and and that's why the theatrical theatrical cut, in my opinion, is far superior. Um, I think it has um, the sequences closer together, so you don't have to wait as long to see someone murdered. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just happens, you know, sporadically in good moments, um, rather than having to wait, you know, half an hour for the next one. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not like we're not a fan we're not fans of like slow paced films like we 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 can both admit that we enjoy Blade Runner 2049 mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite sort of sci-fi films and other slow burn films i'd say something like maybe the big lebowski's a bit of a slow film mm-hmm. um just uh, once upon a time in hollywood yes. for me i'd yes. say is a very slow yep. slow burn film and I'm totally fine with that as long as I'm invested into the world early on. It sort of grabs me either with the dialogue, like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, what grabs me there is the dialogue, the characters, really interesting, Mm -hmm. and the setting as well. I just want to be in Hollywood. I'm just along for the ride. Whereas this, I'm like, do I want to be in this area? Mm -hmm. No, obviously, because it's not a nice area. Yep. But it just didn't intrigue me the way that something like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood did yep. with the Hollywood setting. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm no, saying? No, yeah, I, I definitely understand because the, the the interesting part about Midsummer was the sequences where you see the cults happening and you see people dying. Mm. And other than that, you know, you've just got a, a bright, cheery meadow 
and having to look at that for half an hour, 20 to half an hour. Before you see the next Before you see of, the next scene is, yeah. is very, very boring in a way. It's, it's bland, essentially. Um, so I, I understand where you're coming from. And, you know, the thing about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is because it's like a bunch of different things sort of strung together. Mm-hmm. So you've got, um, you know, you've got Rick Dalton acting as a cowboy yeah. sheriff, um, holding a little girl hostage. That's cool, man. Yeah, Before yeah. you see the, the, the Sharon Tate murders actually happen. Mm. Yeah. So in a, in a way, I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or something similar to that. Uh, yeah, I, that, that's a good comparison. Yeah, yeah. because... Because we do sort of have long periods of lull. Yep. And then this intense third act. Yeah. You know, sort of, sorry, but kind of spoilers for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But, yeah, the third act of that movie is very similar to the third act of this movie in yeah. in its sort of wow factor. It's yeah. like, oh my, is this legal? Like, yeah. am I yeah. allowed to watch this? Yeah. <laughs> and it's it, just, it just shows you everything. Yeah. And you've had a movie of... Pretty chill, mm-hmm. bit of you know, bit of hints of some violence along the way. Yep. But then this is the final, like, twenty minutes of the movie. Is, it just picks up, like yeah, exactly. Intense. It's really intense. And very much like this movie. Yeah. But so, what would you think is the superior, the superior sort of film in terms of the pacing? What, which one did you enjoy more? Because I know your bit. I'm not the biggest fan of yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm. but it, it handles it better. It's it's more balanced in a way. Mm. This um, Midsummer's really unbalanced. It it the final twenty minutes are like up here, and yeah. then you know the the middle sequence is kind of low. Um, so it kind of has you just kind of umming and nothing about what you're seeing. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood probably. Yeah. So what did you think of the horror elements of this film? Were you were you scared? of this film were you uh, in a way that maybe the night house made us scared when we watched it, it I, I think at the start um, I was scared because it kind of established itself as just like a generic horror film yeah. it was like you know suicide it's mm. dark yeah. the, the music's scary okay I'm terrified I'm watching this at 2am <laughs> in my room lights off I'm terrified yeah. Yeah. and then when you get to Sweden and it's bright and you kind of figure out that Sweden doesn't really have night time. Um, you, you, you're kind of taken out of it. And because it goes on for such a long time, you know, half an hour before anything happens, it's like, okay, I'm kind of safe now. Mm. Nothing's really going to happen yeah. because it's showing me. That's what I thought. I was yeah. very tense at the start, sort of, you know, how you go into horror movies. Mm-hmm. Like a bit like, oh, okay, I'm braced. Yep. Like if for The Night House, for instance, I knew it was going to be stereotypical horror movie yep. in the sense that there's going to be jump scares. Yep. And so the entire movie, I'm like gripping onto my chair. I'm like, oh, yep. there's going to be a jump scare. Whereas, and I was like that for, for this movie. I was quite scared and tense at the start. Mm-hmm. And then about maybe 30 minutes in, I'm like, oh, I can relax. It's yeah. not that bad. Yeah. It's just a thriller sort of movie. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, and in a way, you know, um, many people are going to be like, oh, well, that, that's kind of boring. I didn't really want that. Mm. But at the same time, um, I kind of appreciate that it's a different take on the horror genre. Mm. Um, you know, we don't need, you know, completely scary jump scare films. Um, we can have these sort of um, sort of easy riding, kind of gruesome sort of ones in there as well. So, yeah. yeah. I think the term that a lot of horror fans use is horror as a vehicle. Yeah. So, and I think The Night House did this pretty well. 
horror as a vehicle to explore grief mm-hmm. and suffering and what happens after we die. Yep. In this movie, grief as a vehicle, I mean, horror as a vehicle mm-hmm. to explore probably grief as well. Yep. But then also like cults yep. and the cult aspects, um, betrayal, re- relationships, yeah, yeah, revenge. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the the ride of it like i didn't know what was going to happen it was always unexpected or completely fresh yep and while the pacing was slow i was always engaged with the dialogue i was always like i was sort of drawn into the movie yeah but not as drawn in as something like once upon a time yeah yeah. I yeah i think the more impressive part about this film is like essentially how well it does as um, filmmaking, you know, it's cinematography, soundtrack, performances. It, it excels in all of those areas. There's no doubt about it. But in terms of the story, it's probably a bit weaker. Um, and yeah, it, it's, it's just certain things like um, the, the, the cinematography really go towards the story because I think there's a shot where we see the camera just kind of pivot around and you kind of get the world turned upside down mm-hmm. whilst you're entering this Swedish community so you yeah. know something's about to happen because mm. it's it's going to like hell essentially yeah yeah um, so the, there's pretty interesting shots in this but it's, it's a shame the story doesn't really complement that because without a doubt it's the weakest part of the film yeah yeah for sure so let's move to then some of the more gruesome and shocking moments. Mm-hmm. What what would you say is the most gruesome one? Or should we go just go chronologically just through all of them? Because there's not a lot of them. There's not a lot. We can go through them if you want. Okay, so let's start with the bathroom one where she yep. goes into the bathroom. Um, her sister's behind her. Yep. Did that scare you the first time? Uh, no, not that I remember. Yeah. And it's, it's probably because it wasn't... Um, meant to be all that scary. It, it's more of just like a um, a revelation in a way, um, because the music doesn't really build up or you know you don't zoom in on the face. It's just kind of in the background. So it's like, hey, well, there's that person again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not all that scary. Mm. Did you get scared by it? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of. I was sort of like. If the, if the rest of the movie would have been like that, I was prepared to be scared. Yeah. That sort of got me in the stage where I was like, oh, okay, I think um, this is going to scare me. Mm-hmm. Because that's your more sort of stereotypical horror jump scare thing when you turn the light on and there's someone there yeah. and then you turn the light off and they go on or, yeah. you know, whatever, yeah. or vice versa. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it kind of scared me. And then from that stage, I was expecting more of that sort of stuff. And then we never got it for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Then we sort of got the more just absolutely gruesome, violent acts, like yeah. various things. So... Let's go then to the first one. I think the first one was Josh um, when he was in the... the... Oh, I think we had the cliffs before that. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. we did have the cliffs, sorry. Yeah, yeah. so what, what did you think of that cliff scene, oh, watching the God. second time? Oh, it's so hard to watch, man. Um, I think the first one isn't too bad. The um, first jump. Oh, no, no, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I just remembered a certain shot. Yeah, so you see it bounce back up and then you see, like, her face, like, concaved in. You see, like, the oh, yeah. the bloody details yeah. and everything. Um, oh, oh, that one was rough. Yeah, that one was very rough. I, <laughs> I loved how she sort of, like, swan-dived off that cliff. She yeah, sort yeah. of, like, held her arms yeah. out. <laughs> she was, like, 
just so into it, you know. She yeah. was like so dedicated. My time has come. <laughs> yeah, and she did what the reasonable person would do in that situation. Mm-hmm. Because either way, you're going to die. Yep. So, and it's sort of like if you were falling from a plane and you had no parachute, would you like hold your arms out to go slower mm-hmm. or would you just dive head first because you probably die quicker when you hit the ground if you go head first? Yeah, I so, think <laughs> either way, you don't go feet first is what it is. Old mate did not have it right. <laughs> oh, you'd think they'd have a discussion about yeah. You know how to do it because and and the female got the right idea. Yeah, and she landed on the rock as well, yeah. and she hit the rock sort of like a belly flop situation. Yeah, head straight down onto the rock. My gosh. Yeah. And then we just see it all. Yeah. It was kind of reminding me of the Suicide Squad. You know when old mate gets his face shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just wasn't as gruesome. That was obviously visual effects. Yeah. Whereas this was just... It's all practical. Yeah. It's probably like wax. and Yeah. Yeah. But you don't really expect it to, to dive into that. Like, you, yeah. you see them fall down. And then when she impacts, yeah. it cuts. And yeah. you're like, okay, cool. I don't have to see any yeah, of that. Yeah. And then boom, the next shot, you see her face exploding. Yeah. And yeah. And then you're like, okay, this is what's going to happen from now on. Yeah. Yeah. It's- yeah, and we haven't seen anything quite like that throughout mm. like the entire film at this rate and it's probably like an hour in maybe yeah. a bit more yeah um, so yeah if you I think if you made it that far you're going to watch the rest because yeah. that's probably going to intrigue you to sort of stick with it yeah but yeah how gruesome and very gruesome I like how they've got like a dedicated like mallet guy just to come over and like bash his head in oh with old mate <laughs> yeah, old, old mate didn't do a good job because he jumped off, and not only did he jump uh, feet first, which is big no no. <laughs> you can he, hear the crack as well. Oh, yeah. oh and, but he he hit the sand. Yeah, and you not, no, yeah. not a good idea because I think even if he went feet first and hit the rock, here we are theorizing about how this man went on. <laughs> if he if he went feet first with the rock. His leg would have broken and fallen off just oh, like yeah. it did before. But then his head probably would have hit the rock and he would have died. Yeah. Whereas he went onto the sand, mm. just soft landing. <laughs> like his his foot has like fallen off his leg and he's still going. Yeah, bro. yeah. And oh, the pain this poor man must be going through. Yeah. But, so I think that's why going head first is probably the appropriate way to yeah, do it. Yeah, viewers, piece of advice. <laughs> if you're ever first. in this situation, have you ever joined a Swedish cult like this and you're 72? And by the way, that guy's a lot older than 72. He's um, scammed them there. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's got in a few extra years. <laughs> he's forged the birth certificate there, I think. Um, yeah. yeah, so uh, go ahead first. Go because, ahead first. Um, that's, what, that's, that's, what, that's what we're going to advise. <laughs> but we're not advising to join any cults in anything. <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> I mean, do you know if this film's based on any sort of reality? Or? Um, so Midsummer is a festival that happens in Sweden, um, mm. but it's it's nothing like mm. what they depict. I certainly as. hope not. Yes, so it's, it's nothing like it, and I think... Um, 
many people were actually upset of the way that this portrayed their festival. That's probably fair. Which is fair. Yeah. Um, because imagine if, you know, uh, they make a film about Australia Day. That's and, exactly what I was going to say. you know, Ned Kelly's getting, like, his head chopped off yeah, and his yeah. kangaroo's getting exploded and yeah. stuff. Like, I'd be upset. Yeah, I would be upset. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Swedish people probably aren't very happy about this film, and yeah. like, rightfully so. Because, yeah, my goodness, it doesn't really paint the country in a very nice light. Exactly. And yeah. from what I hear, you know, they're fantastic people. I mean, they gave us PewDiePie. So, yes, they must be wonderful people. Yeah. But these people certainly are not the wonderful type. Yeah. While we're going through it, I'll, I'll get off these um, Easter eggs, I like to yeah, call yeah. them, um, while we're just going chronologically. So, at the start, there's a bear poster above Danny's bed. Um, I think I mentioned it like when we first watched yeah, it on yeah. your PlayStation. Right. Um, so it's a bit of foreshadowing there. Um, and the images at the starts of the paintings that are kind of on the um, outside, like on the field. Yeah, yeah. You kind of scroll across. It's like mm. a story. Mm, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a weird that. story. That was... Yeah. That's actually foreshadowing the story between Christian and Maya. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. You might have got that. makes that. sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, with the um the old um the hairs. Yes, I won't yeah. go into too much yeah. detail, but <laughs> that is what it foreshadows. Um, so the the people that were dancing around in the circle, um, and then Maya sort of kicks um Christian. Mm. The game they were playing was actually called Skin the Fool. Yeah. Um. So obviously they go on to skin um all of the characters. Um, and I think the fool in this situation is um, Mark. He's portrayed as like the jester or the fool because he's always, um, you know, he's always messing up and um, defaming, uh, you know, ancient trees and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so there's another little Easter egg there. Yeah. I As soon as I heard they were playing Skin the Fool, I just get a bit of, ooh, yeah. that's not good. Yeah. And then... You know, we have sort of one character goes home, mm-hmm. and the other character's like, um, he wouldn't have left without me. Yeah, yeah. And then she goes home, yeah, yeah. and nobody sees her leave. I, I, I kind of like the fact that they just like start disappearing at random intervals. I, I do. I really like that as well. I think they could have done a better job though okay. with with making that a bit more impactful. We didn't really get a lot of realization from the other students. Yep. Like. Oh, where did they go? Like, well, we didn't get much of the dread of, yeah. oh my gosh, people are going missing. Mm-hmm. Are they, what? where are they? Are they actually taking us somewhere? Yep. Are we in danger? There was no sort of realisation. They were quite gullible. Yep. And in a way, um, I kind of understand what Ari Arista was, or Ari Aster was going for here. Um, because I think he was betraying the characters, mainly Christian is more so a character that, didn't really care about his friends. He just wanted to do his thesis. Right. Um, but in a way, I would still be concerned yeah. about my safety. I would want to if get out of If your friends were disappearing. If yeah. my friends were disappearing. So it, it, it kind of works one way, but it fails in the other way. Right. Um, you pick this up. The 72-year-old woman that obviously jumps off the cliff. Mm. I want to say that's foreshadowing the fact that um, Danny is now in this cult. She's part of Midsummer. Um, so I, I think from what I took away from the film is that she's not going to go back to America. She's really, yeah, she's going to be a part of this cult now. Mm-hmm. Um, she's accepted as it. She's the May queen and she's going to live her life out until 72 where she jumps off that cliff. And so I'm, I'm thinking that they caught, they casted an actress that looked like her right. just to portray that. 
that foreshadowing. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's what I took away from it. Yeah, because that old woman at the start does look a lot like her. Very similar. And I thought, is this some sort of, you know, uh, intricate jump scare or like intricate intricate scare that they're doing? Yeah. Like, have they just gone trippy and now everyone's looking really old? Yeah. Like, I, I originally did think it was her. Yeah. But yeah, that's interesting. I I didn't think... I never really thought about what happened after the, the end of the film. Mm-hmm. I, I just imagined that she'd just go home. Yeah. But then when I think about what... She's obviously going to go home and then somebody's going to ask her, um, where is my son or mm-hmm. where is my brother or yep. where is my sister, daughter? What does she have to go back to as well is the other question. That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, that's probably the more strong argument for her staying because yeah. what does she have... Yeah. She has nothing. Essentially. She doesn't yeah. have a boyfriend now. She killed him. Yeah. Well, so, did she kill him? Or? Well, invertedly. Invertedly, yeah. 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 I think it's, that's still murder. Yeah. I think, that's I think so. You. She chose. <laughs> yes. Choose. <laughs> you must choose. <laughs> um, so, so Pele, um, you know, he, he hints here and there that his parents died in a fire. Yes. If you can put two and two together. Oh. Yes, so his parents obviously sacrificed themselves. I thought that was going to come back in. Yep, yep. Uh, when he was saying that, I was listening and I was like, mm, okay, we'll yeah. see where this goes. So from the very start when they were sitting on that couch and he's like, I, I know how you felt. My parents yeah. died in a fire when I was yeah, young. Yeah. So sort of another no. foreshadowing element there. It's things like that that I think are going to encourage me to rewatch this film. Yep. I think it probably deserves a rewatch from the first time yep. viewers. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if I was to rewatch it again, the theatrical cut is the superior the way to go. One. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. So I think that's kind of where we're up to in terms of the, the jump, the, the gruesome scenes. Yeah. So the right. next one I think coming up is Josh um, when he's in right. the, the, church you could call it yeah, yeah um and he kind of gets like hit in the head on the back of the head by like a mallet yeah, and just killed right there just killed it so i think the person that hit him on the head with the mallet was um the the um what's his name reuben i think the, the okay. disabled person right um and then the person that was wearing um mark's face was uh Ulf, the the person who was crying right um from him obviously defaming the tree so he kind of wanted to get revenge on him in that way so that guy that came into the yep w- that wasn't Ma- who's mark again mark the, is the, the the funny one the funny one yep right so somebody came in wearing mark's, mark's face, face and he thought it was mark i didn't pick up on that yeah so he thought it was mark and then obviously hidden head and then kind of comes over and stands over him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So obviously Mark was taken away by a girl, mm. obviously killed. Yeah, yeah. And then Ulf went ahead, took his face, went over to Josh, killed yeah. Josh. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I'm going to have to rewatch this at some stage. Yeah, there's a lot of intricate details that you just kind of miss out on. Certainly, yeah, yeah. that's a good way to put it. Even though it's a very simple film and you don't expect them, they, yeah. they pop up. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, so we, we kind of miss out on a few deaths because as you said, they just kind of skimmed over the, they don't really yes, dive into people it just much. disappear. People just disappear. So Connie goes and she disappears. 
Um, and then, no, sorry, it's, it's um, Simon, I think. Simon goes first. And then Connie. And then Connie goes first. And then it's second. the funny guy who gets taken off with the girl. Yeah. And then who's after that? Who's left? Um, I feel like there's one other. Oh, I know the, um, oh, what's the the guy's name doing the thesis? Josh, is it? Or Josh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, he obviously about gets, Josh. Done, gets um, killed. Yeah. And then it's just the two left. And then it's just the two left. So... Um, I think the the next scene is where we enter this sort of barn, right? And yeah. and we see, I don't even know if we can talk about this on YouTube, man. We we see a certain um, you know, torture method being used. Yeah. Oh my god, it's 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 absolutely horrific. And and I said while I was sitting here, I was like, man, I don't know if I can watch this again. And I ended up coming back to watch it because it's like one of those things where like you kind of just like you gotta have a look guiltily sort of yeah. having to look at it. Um, it it's oh my god, the 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 effects are just so well done, and I'm hoping it's all practically. Um, but at the same time, how can you really make that practical? Yeah, you have to be pretty intricate. Yeah, sort of wax yeah. thing, but yeah. The cinematography there was a real highlight because the camera sort of positions itself over his head mm-hmm. and then it sort of slowly comes back. And I said to you, I'm like, oh, they're going to show us, yeah, aren't they? Yeah. And they just came back and back. And um, yeah, we got to see it all and it really zoomed on it and, and everything showed us it in its full glory. I like the fact how it's like kind of out of focus. And yeah, then and it's then like, it okay, focused. it's kind of blurred for me so I don't have to look at it. Yeah. And you don't expect it and it's like, boom, it. It's yeah. all in like sight and you can all see it. Yeah. It's and always, that's kind of like a jump scare in a way, you know, yeah. like you don't expect to see that element of it. You don't expect to see yeah. all the details and the, yeah. the, the lungs sort of moving up and down and then boom, instantly it's just all in frame for you. Yeah. It brings me to another question I wanted to ask. Do you think the violence, mm-hmm. the horrific elements and there are some sort of sexual scenes towards the end as well. Mm-hmm. Do you think any of them are glorified in any scenes? Do you think maybe at some stages, like, okay, this is a bit too much? Or or um, do you think the movie just has a license to do that because of the sort of story it's trying to tell? I think the, the gruesome scenes are definitely necessary in this film. Um, the film would just drag on and on and on mm. without it. So they're definitely necessary. Um, the the sex sequence, um, cut it. Just cut it right out. Right. Um, I absolutely hate that sequence. <laughs> it's, it, it's disturbing, yeah. But at the same time, you could have hinted towards what was happening and the audience yeah, would okay. still... That's fair. You know, know what's happening. Mm. Um, and shout out to Jack Rayner. I just want to give him a shout out here because... Um, I think he was told that he it was going to be shot so you didn't have to see what yeah. was going on. Yeah, yeah. But he was like, no, females in films get yeah. um, exposed all the time. Well, he's there with like 13 other women yeah. who are showing everything. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, okay, so females get exposed all the time in films for nude scenes. I'm going to just risk it all I'm yeah. just going to do it for the men for once yeah. Yeah. yeah and mad respect to him for doing that yeah man. that's incredibly hard you know yeah. for all of those sort of young actors and actresses being told to do that yeah or not being told to do that signing up to do that because yeah. at the end of the day they sign up to do these things yeah no matter how they moan about you know well, well oh, he decided to do that yeah yeah yeah. yeah. But, but other people being like oh 
I was told to do yeah. this. So yeah. it's like you sign up for it, mate. It's a free country. Yeah. If you sign up for this role, you know what you're getting into. So yeah. don't complain about it later yeah. because you felt bad. Down the road, yeah. Um, and they get paid an exorbitant amount of money as well to do it. So, yeah. But then again, there's a privacy there. And yeah, you've got to feel for these sort of people. And the bravery to do that is oh, yeah. certainly commendable. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, but yeah, that, that scene, for me, I think you probably could have left certain elements of it in. Yep. But then you could have easily cut it away after maybe 10 seconds. It, it comes back a lot. Like it, Yeah, it, it comes back and then yeah. you want to show you again and again and yeah. again. They want to show you different stages of it. Yeah. And I think you just need the start. And then mm-hmm. when you're outside the barn, you can hear, you know, the noises that are going on. And yeah. then you get Florence Pugh's character. And then you just go from there. Yeah. I think um, the scene where Florence Pugh sort of looks through the the keyhole, mm. that's a lot more effective yeah. because you know you what's don't happening. Yeah. Um, and in a way, you know, I, I couldn't quite remember whether they like cut to it again when she was looking through the keyhole. Yeah. And I was kind of like relieved that they didn't because mm. in a way I didn't want to see that again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, I, I kind of like that way of exposing it mm. and betraying it a lot better. Yeah. Um, Another scene here, so um, there's kind of like a nightmare, I want to call it, where all of these friends, you could call them, sort of ditch Danny in the middle of the night. Yeah, right. Um, you caught it straight away. You knew yeah. it was um, a nightmare or whatever. Um, yeah, what was that? Why was that in the I think it might have been something to do with the sleeping pill, right. um, like a side effect. Mm. Um, but... It's cleverly emphasised that it is a nightmare because mm. of the, the night sky, obviously, swimming yeah, isn't right. dark. So right. if you're paying attention, you'll know that it's a nightmare because mm. it can't possibly happen. Yeah. Um, and that's a pretty scary scene, actually. Like, imagine all of your friends... Just leaving. Just leaving. And the... I loved... Um, oh, is it Mark? His, his, face, his face in the back. His face was, like, lit up. I know. And it was really scary. Something yeah. about it. Just the performance there. And naturally, he's got, like, a scary face as yeah. well. We said yeah. this about um, Paul Dano on Prisoner's yeah. podcast. Yeah. Um, he's, he's not, like, the, the most... Um, friendly face yeah and just seeing him in the back of the car yeah he's like laughing yeah and just enjoying like the the maniacal aspect yeah. of what they're doing and as they like speed off and there's smoke and then yeah. there's smoke coming out of her and that was one of the scenes where it's like oh that's this is cool stuff yeah. that's yeah. going on here yeah. i feel like i need more of that yeah throughout the film no i 100 sprinkled in sprinkle it in a bit yeah. more yeah you know, take out entertained. take out certain scenes and bring those elements those dark elements back yeah. in yeah i agree with you there 100 percent. yeah that would have been cool to explore her anxiety she's obviously a very fragile person yeah and that's hinted at even before her parents and her sister die yeah at the yeah. start of the film yeah she could have lent into more of that paranoia of yeah um you know, maybe the friends do leave several times or she's yeah. left alone, she's scared, you know. Yeah. Need more of that. Yeah. Um, so before we enter the final sequence yeah. with whatever happens, um, uh, Christian is sort of invited into, I want to say her name is like Siva or Silva, sort of like the elderly woman who's like the, the tribe leader. Yeah. Right. Um, and he's sitting in the chair in like the waiting room and he's looking at a painting on a wall. Um, it's actually a bear on fire if you were paying attention. Oh, okay. So, again, more yeah. foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Um, but but moving on to the final sequence, if you didn't have anything no, else to add, um, 
arguably the most horrific sequence yeah, um, in the entire film. Yeah, so we see um, Christian. Well, firstly, they're like carving out a bear, getting all of its organs out. Yeah, which then, we see earlier in the movie, the bear just in the cage. Yeah, and then and then you said, oh, they're just practicing on the bear yeah, to, yeah. to do Christian. And I was like, oh, you wait. <laughs> you wait for what's about to happen. Yeah. Um, and obviously you don't see it happen, but, you know, Christian's placed in the bear costume. Yeah. He's paralyzed, so he can't move. Yeah. Um, oh, it's just I mean, it, me, man. you naturally don't like this guy because yeah. he does very questionable things. He doesn't, he's not a very good boyfriend. Yeah. Doesn't seem like he's a very good person. He's a bit of a leech, academically speaking. Yeah. And then he goes ahead and, you know, does the thing with a 15 year old. Yeah. Um, he is drugged and sort of coerced into it. But at the end of the day, he, you, you he can only blame him. Yeah. And um, so you don't naturally like him. Mm. But I still didn't, I still wasn't like, yes, he's dying. Yeah. I feel so good. I was like, oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's a sad way to go. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, Especially being paralyzed. Yeah. Very yeah. helpless. Yeah. And just having to sit there and, oh. Yeah. And just... I was thinking, was the bear costume, because obviously if he's being burnt alive, the bear costume is going to burn first. Mm -hmm. So he's going to have a longer death than everyone in the yeah, house. He's yeah. going to be alive the longest. Yeah, no, you're definitely right. And, you know, it's going to be hot in that costume as yeah, well. And, yeah. oh, it's like the worst way to go. Yeah, yeah it's um, pretty terrible. However, though, the guy that got his lungs taken out of him, that's probably I think worse. that's worse, bro. Yeah, yeah I, that's, yeah. that. And my guy was still alive because those lungs were going up and down. Yeah. Oh, and his eyes. Oh, yeah. I, I can't. I can't. Yeah. So we, we see them all sort of reeled into this um, sacrificial temple, which yeah. you knew straight away. Yeah. Was dodgy. I was like, that, that <laughs> yellow temple is sus because it's so bold. And, yeah. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you can't go there. I'm like, yeah, I know why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know precisely, but I knew that there was no good stuff going yeah. down in that temple. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so they're reeled into the, the, the sacrificial temple, all sort of stuffed with wheat or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and um, well, prior to that, um, Danny is sort of given the, the choice between um, sacrificing the ninth person, which mm -hmm. is um, Swedish guy. Yeah, Swedish guy. <laughs> yeah. Or Christian, yeah. lovable boyfriend. Yeah. Um, questionable. And... And obviously she chooses Christian and mm. I think that's so bittersweet, man. Like yeah. she has been through turmoils in, you know, the past, I want to say seven, the whole period of like a week or something. Mm. And, and she's like, okay, so you've absolutely destroyed my life. And it's, it's a good revenge story. I think it's yeah. really, really well handled. Um, I think Florence Pugh's acting is just sort of the cherry yeah. on top. It, it's so good, man. Yeah, phenomenal. And then you add in some gorgeous cinematography, mm -hmm. beautiful shots, and then, you know, the horrifying imagery of, you know, those sort of like sack puppets that, they, you know, yeah. the skin with the yeah. hay and... Skin the fool. Yeah, and then the, you have the two guys, the Swedish guys, who are just chilling in the temple. They're just yeah. alive. Yeah. They're just chilling in there. And then one of them gets on fire and screaming. The yeah. other one's just like super duper chill. I like how, um, like one of the guys comes up to him and he's like, take from the yew tree to not feel pain. And like, he gives them like this sort of, I don't know what you would call it. Like, um, 
something from the yew tree. Yeah, yeah. And then it's just like a complete, a total lie. Because yeah. <laughs> like he's just burning alive and he's like screaming. He's oh. like, I can just imagine like sitting like, you liar. Like, yeah, it doesn't yeah. really matter at yeah. that stage. <laughs> oh, that's cruel though. To, I know. To be like, oh, this will save you yeah. some pain. Yeah, and it just doesn't at all. <laughs> no, no. So, so what do you think happens at the end? Do you think she stays in the... 100%. I think oh. she stays in the rural community yeah. and she just lives out her days until 72 where she <laughs> gets where cut. Yeah, uh, does the old jump. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Might have to watch some videos on that too. Yeah, some theories. Yeah. I might actually make like a um, like a video essay or something on Midsummer. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, it's not it's not based off a book or something like that. Uh, not that I know of, but yeah, as as we just heard before, it is based off the Wicker Man and yeah. similar projects. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of inspiration going into this, mm. but that's what filmmaking is about: is yeah. you know taking inspiration and and I think Midsummer kind of rides that line very close yeah. in terms of copying and then inspiration. Um, but look, I haven't seen The Wicker Man, so just from like a this perspective, I, I think the film was pretty good. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I haven't seen the other films either. If it borrowed from them, it did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't have a plagiarism committee in Hollywood. Yeah. There's, you know, if, if it was too badly plagiarized, it probably wouldn't have been released. Um, yeah. So it's like saying Joker is similar to Taxi Driver. It's like, who cares? Exactly. Yeah. Joker is Joker. It's just know? It's just taking the themes from it and like, Making building on perspective it. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly so yeah. and i look i'm totally fine i this is more unique in my eyes than a lot of other films in this genre mm-hmm. and i'm i'm very open to watching a film like this as opposed to you know latest franchise garbage so yeah, yeah. so yeah i mean you you've got to give it credit for its originality even if it has taken inspiration from other things because i yeah. don't think you can say that you've seen anything quite like this at least i have not yeah so, yeah um i i kind of want to talk about the ending here but i kind of don't um i think the ending's great i think her sort of sort of sadness turns into like a smile mm. I, think, I think that's fantastic and yeah. it's such a beautiful way to end it it's one of the only times in the movie where i think she does actually smile i don't think she smiles at all yeah in no the time no movie. you're completely right i did i have heard that brought up before mm. yeah see it's, it's the only time that she sort of smiles and it's quite satisfying to see yeah you know, sort of she's yeah. now you know free from all the confines and yeah. you know she's kind of got some closure now um it's one hell of a way to get closure is kill off your boyfriend, right? <laughs> yeah, and have all of your friends die horrible deaths yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, weird. I think the ending was phenomenal, though. It was good. Yeah. It was good. One of the best I've seen. The start was great. The end was better. Yeah, in the middle had its highs and lows. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, 100%. Shall we go to the music segment? Let's do the music segment. Okay, so every podcast, we like to put a minimum of one or a maximum of two songs from the movie we watched into the rewatch playlist, which is a playlist on Spotify. You can listen to it by going to the link in the YouTube video description. Jaden, the music in this movie is really good. Mm-hmm. What song in particular are we putting into the playlist? So we're putting in Fire Temple by Bobby Krillick. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And, and the end song, obviously, that one. Yeah, so that's the the end sequence and I might go through and listen to all of the songs again <clears throat> just to maybe see if there's a second one that we can add as well. Yeah. So just, yeah, if you wanted to check it out, Spotify. Um, but for now, we're putting in Fire Temple. Very nice. Yeah. Awesome. 
Okay, so we'll go to some final thoughts then. Um, yep. Shall I go first? If you want to. Yeah, I'll go first. Yeah. Um, so I want to make it clear. We are rating the director's cut, mm-hmm. which you said is the inferior version. Yep. So keep in mind this could go up. But with that said, I still really enjoyed the film. It sort of grabbed me from the opening scene. I was still invested. I wanted to know where it was going to go. Mm-hmm. And there were twists and turns along the way that were interesting. A lot of really good core elements, cinematography, performances, yep. music, sound design, brilliant, all of it. Uh, but story sort of dragged in the middle. And maybe it's because it was the director's cut. Maybe it's because the story wasn't as good as it needed to be. Yep. But... The moments that were really interesting, you know, the gore and the violence and mm-hmm. the more disturbing elements were really, really, really good and well done. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, a lot of the movie was just a bit of lull, you know, mm-hmm. a bit uninteresting, didn't really deliver the horror that I was expecting, but then didn't really provide something for the entire movie that I was willing to, uh, you know, move past my expectation of that horror. Yep constant sort of tenseness um so yeah really good ending i loved how the characters were developed and what happened in the end Mm -hmm. um was quite cool and yeah there's a lot of cool theories to be had of the ending so i always appreciate that as well i think i was during the film i was like okay this is probably going to be a b and then towards the end i was like oh maybe b plus on further reflection i think i'm going to go back to that b yep because i think a b is a safe bet i -hmm. think maybe the theatrical when i watch that could bump it up to maybe a b plus yep but for now i think i'm going to go for a b just because while some elements were really really amazing Mm -hmm. and i'd much rather watch this movie than a godzilla vs kong or something like that yep a lot of it was just a bit too boring for me. I needed the movie to get a move on mm-hmm. and hopefully the theatrical cut does up because I do want to go back and revisit this movie and give yeah. it a rewatch because I think it deserves one. Cool, yeah. Um, yeah, essentially everything you said, I'm, I'm pretty on par with. Um, I think the the standouts is definitely the performances, the, the cinematography, the soundtrack like the three sort of overarching principles that make this mm. film what it is. Um, like you said, the story, it, it's got it like a rough sort of husk of what it's trying to do. Um, it just could have gone about it a lot better. Um, and it, it's a shame because this film could have just been incredible if it had delivered on that as well. Mm. Um, yeah, but the story drags here and there. You know what it's doing, but it doesn't achieve that. Um, I think uh, I'm kind of upset that Florence Pugh didn't get anything for this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, overall, I'm, I'm kind of torn here, man. Like, the, the theatrical cut is, like, far superior for mm. me. Um, so I think I need to give, like, a, a decent sort of margin there. And I rated yeah. the theatrical one A-. Right. So I'm, I'm probably going to go with you here and give it a B. Yeah. Mainly because um, I find this film like really unwatchable and like I don't want to return to it, but I know I'm going to return to it. It's like a guilty pleasure in a way. It's like just keeps on bringing you back even though you want to come back. Um, So I'll I'll probably return to this film again, watch the theatrical cut. And I'm thinking it will probably stay at the same A- minus because 
that's a lot well paced. It's more yeah. well paced. It's more balanced than the director's cut. Mm. Um, yeah, I think the ending, like you said, is phenomenal. Probably one of my favorite endings I've ever seen in a film. Oh. Um, I think her sort of smile and then it just cuts to black and then Frankie Valley plays is just, it's just so cool, man. Um, yeah, very, very well done. Solid yeah. film. Yeah, no, it was a solid film and I've enjoyed talking about it. Mm-hmm. As always, it's been a fun discussion, especially the theories yeah. as to what happens after, you know, cuts to black. It's always fun to speculate. Um, but yeah, so thank you for listening to this episode of the Rewatch Podcast. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram, you can do so at the Rewatch Pod. If you would like to subscribe to the YouTube channel, just search the Rewatch on YouTube. Jaden, seriously, what are we doing for the next episode? Mamma mia, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go again. Oh, he's locked it in. He's locked it in now. Okay, I was thinking we'd do another female-led, yeah. maybe a superhero film. Maybe a superhero film. There's only been a few, so and how we've about, done how, one of them. How about one of the good ones? How about one of the good ones? How about the only The good only one? good one. <laughs> That's our hint. You can figure out what it is from there. I'm sure it won't be that hard. Can't be that hard. And we will see you next episode for that. Yes. See ya.